Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ here in Omaha, Nebraska. Welcome back to Search the Scriptures. Great to be back with all of our listeners again today. We're so thankful that you're there, that you want to be in God's Word, that you want to learn more from His teachings and truths communicated to us in the Scriptures, the Bible. What a blessing it is for us to be able to be together and study God's Word together, to dig a little bit deeper, learn a little bit more, and grow spiritually, because faith comes by hearing the Word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17. We want to encourage you to tell everybody you can about the program, Search the Scriptures, encourage them to listen. Also, we encourage you, if you're in the Omaha area, to come by and check us out in person at the Sunny Slope Church of Christ. Our church building is located at 3606 North 108th Street, right here in Omaha, 3606 North 108th Street. Many of our radio listeners over the years have come and checked us out, got to know us, let us get to know them, and many have stayed on. We encourage you to do that. Bible classes begin Sunday mornings at 9.30, followed by worship at 10.30. Sunday evenings, 6 o'clock, we come back together for another period of worship and Bible study. And then middle of the week, good time to get our spiritual batteries recharged to take on the rest of the week. Wednesday evenings, 6.30. Every Wednesday evening, we come back together for midweek Bible classes. Now, you're welcome to any and all of these services. We also encourage you to go to our website at churchofchrist.com, churchofchrist.com, and click on the podcast button and sign up for our podcasting and tell everybody you'd know to do so as well. It's free. It always will be free. It's not just an introduction kind of offer, (laughs) and then we're going to charge you something later. No, it's not the way we operate. It's free. We don't charge people to teach them the gospel. So once you sign up for our podcasting, you'll automatically receive to your smartphone or computer or whatever smart device you choose our Monday through Friday radio program, Search the Scriptures. It'll automatically be there for you. So if you can't listen at the prescribed times that it airs over the radio, you can download it and listen to it when you have the opportunity. But you'll receive a whole lot more. Sunday morning Bible class, a Wednesday night Bible class, all of our sermons, and a a seven-day-a-week short Bible class that we call today's Bible class. It's only about 13 minutes each day but it keeps us in God's word. And that is so critical for the growth and development and strengthening of our faith. So take advantage of that and tell everybody else you know to do so as well. We're gonna get back into our line of study talking about a very serious heart trouble or problem of the heart, and that's hatred. Hatred. Hatred, I suppose, has probably been prevalent throughout the history of mankind. It would certainly seem that way, going all the way back to Genesis chapter 4, verses 1 through 8, when we found Cain murdering his brother, his own brother, Abel. And verse 5 says that Cain became very angry when God rejected his sacrifice that he offered to God, but accepted Abel's. And the reason he accepted Abel's was Hebrews writer in Hebrews 11 and verse 4 says, by faith Abel offered a more excellent sacrifice than, than Cain. Well, how could he have offered a more excellent sacrifice? By faith, it says. But what is faith? Faith comes by hearing the word of God. Again, Romans 10 and verse 17. We keep emphasizing that here in Search the Scriptures. 
So obviously God had instructed both Cain and Abel as to what to offer him by way of sacrifice in worship to him. And Abel obviously obeyed, and Cain substituted something else. So God rejected Cain's sacrifice. It made Cain very angry, verse 5 says. But now why would, why would he then murder his own brother? You can't murder God. And so maybe it became jealous rage because his brother's sacrifice was accepted by God, but God rejected his own. And so, again, I think we can understand his anger became hatred, and he murdered his own brother. Well, we talked about how one of David's sons, Absalom, worked on his hatred against a half-brother, another son of David, Amnon, for two years, and then plotted his murder and went through with it. We talked about how Joseph's brothers hated him so much that they plotted to kill him, but instead sold him into slavery and deceived their father into thinking that a wild animal had killed him and eaten him, dragged him off. Well, examples right there in Scripture. But then we also looked at a number of Scriptures, many in fact, that throughout the, New, throughout the Old and New Testaments alike, condemn hatred. Hatred is among the works of flesh that the Apostle Paul wrote about in Galatians chapter 5, verses 19 through 21. And he said, those who take part in these things, these kinds of wicked, evil, sinful actions and lifestyles, he said, they'll not inherit the kingdom of heaven. In other words, they're not going to be in heaven. Hatred will keep you out of heaven. Hatred clouds our reasoning. We can't see any good in somebody we hate or in some group of people we hate because our hatred clouds out anything that might appear on the positive side about them. It filters everything pertaining to that which we hate. It just, again, filters it out. It blocks any positive perspective. It shuts it down immediately. We can't accept that there might be something good about a person we hate or something good about a, a group of people whom we hate. All we see is the hatred. But bottom line again, the greatest danger of hatred is that it will keep you out of heaven. We need to understand that. It is no light matter. I've talked different times about a man who I was told said he could not be baptized into Christ. He could not become a Christian because he hated somebody. Now you talk about a self-destructive mindset. You're willing to give up an eternal home in heaven, eternal life in heaven with God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit simply because you hate this one person and you can't let that hatred go? How would you characterize that mindset? Foolishness? Evil? You'd rather spend eternity in the torments 
and eternal condemnation of hell than go to heaven simply because you can't bring yourself to let go of your hatred for that one person? Makes absolutely no sense, does it? It's a no-brainer. Well, as we closed last time, we asked the question, how can we overcome hatred? And so in the very last minute or so, I portrayed hatred as a poison. Now, remember, I've characterized it as a two-edged sword throughout this particular study. Two-edged sword. It cuts both ways. It certainly can be destructive to the person who is the object of a person's hatred. So somebody, they hate that person. Well, they might do terrible things. They might hurt that person in horrible ways, maybe even murder them. And we've seen some examples of that in the scriptures. But the other edge of that sword cuts right back at them. It works like an acid or a cancer on their own heart, on their own mental state, and can destroy them as well. Ultimately, can destroy them eternally. Hatred is a poison. So how do you overcome a poison? Let's say you're walking through the desert and you come upon a rattlesnake, and before you recognize it's there and it's ready to strike, it strikes and it bites you, and its venom is now in your system. What do you do in response? Well, you might be able to get that out of your system if somebody is with you and they're quick and they can cut the, they can lance that particular wound and maybe, wound and maybe suck it up, maybe, but you really need some antivenom, don't you? You need an antidote. And if you get that antidote in time, then it can, it can negate the effects of the rattlesnake's vi- venom. You need an antidote. Hatred is a poison that will affect the heart, the spirit, the soul, the emotions, the psyche, and even the physical well-being of a person who continues to bear it. Bottom line, hatred is a poison that will destroy you if you're harboring hatred in your heart. An antidote is needed to counteract the effects of the poison. What is the best antidote for hatred? While some might think the answer is trite, trivial, it is the true answer nonetheless. Love. Love is the most effective antidote for hatred. Now, it's impossible to both love and hate the same person at the same time. <laughs> it doesn't work. If you love somebody, you, you, you don't hate them. If you hate somebody, you certainly don't love them. So it's impossible to love and hate the same person at the same time. Now, just as darkness is described as the absence of light... Hatred can be described or defined as the absence of love. But conversely, love can also be described as the absence of hatred. You see, again, where there is hatred in the heart of a person toward another person, there is no love for that person. But where there is love in the heart of a person for somebody else, There is no hatred in the heart of that person. They love them. 
Love pushes out hatred. But hatred also pushes out love. And hatred pushes out even the room for love to exist. Love is the antidote for hatred. When love is cultivated in one's heart, by its very nature, it leaves no room for hatred in that same heart. John seems to have depicted it as an either-or proposition. In 1 John chapter 3, verses 14 and 15, the apostle wrote this, and it's God's word. We know that we have passed from death to life because we love the brethren. He who does not love his brother abides in death. Whoever hates his brother is a murderer, and you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. Interesting. Interesting. So John says, if you hate your brother, now he's speaking specifically here, I believe in this context of Scripture, about your brother or sister in Christ, a brother or sister Christian, true Christian. But again, the application could be made in the broader in the broader sense, I believe, between biological family members, brothers and sisters, family members, but also in the broadest sense over simply brothers in humanity. You see, it's not okay to hate somebody who is an atheist, and you might even say, well, he's an atheist. He deserves to be hated. No, no, that's not godly, and that's not Christian. So it's not okay to hate somebody who's an atheist, but it's not okay to you know, it's not okay to hate, hate an atheist, but, it, you know, and at the same time saying, well, I've got to love my brother. No, that's, that's not okay. Neither one is, you don't, you don't love your brother and hate an atheist at the same time. It's not okay to hate somebody who's not a Christian while then at the same time claiming that you love your brother or sister in Christ. The mindset is self-contradictory. The mindset is self-contradictory. Jesus, he talked about a principle of Christianity. He said, it's wrong to murder. In fact, in, in Matthew chapter 5, beginning with verse 43, going through verse 47, he said, you have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But he said, but I say to you, love your enemies, bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you, and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. He went on to point out that God blesses both the just and the unjust. And he made a further point that even sinners are good to those who are good to them first, but we are to live by a higher standard than the rest. We are to set the example of Christianity before the world around us. We are to overcome hatred, not with more hatred, but we are to overcome hatred with love.
Again, love eliminates hatred. Jesus said that we are to respond in love even to those who hate us. And as human beings, our instinctive reaction is to return in kind whatever is extended to us by others. So somebody punches us in the nose, we want to punch them back in the nose. Twice. (laughs) If they say mean things about us, we want to say mean things right back to them and about them to others. But Jesus says, no, no, no. You do not respond in kind to someone who treats you hatefully. You respond in love. And that love then can temper, it can tamp down, it can negate the hateful response in the part of the other person. Jesus said, it's not just the idea of committing the physical act of adultery that will condemn you. But he said, if you lust after another person in your heart, not necessarily doing anything physically, but you lust after them. If I could have them, I would. He said, you've already committed adultery with them in your heart. And the same thing comes along where John says, you hate your brother. You've already committed murder against him or her. Now, somebody said, well, might as well go ahead and, might as well go ahead and pull the trigger. No, now, that, now that's another sin because now you've committed a crime as well and you've committed a physical act against them. But you see, again, as a Christian, we live by a higher standard. It's not just the outward action, but it's where we generate the outward action, and that's in our heart. And even if we never pull the trigger, so to speak, if we never commit the physical act of murder or adultery, as Christians we're taught we can be guilty of such just because we've let that abide in our heart. And so if we hate that person, God can hold us accountable for murder, we're told, by John, here in 1 John chapter 3. Because that's our mindset. You see, that's how serious hatred can be, how serious it can get. And we talked about what is the definition of darkness? It's the absence of light. When light comes into the picture, what happens to the darkness? It's dispelled. Light now takes its place. Okay, where hatred abides in the heart of an individual, what happens when he refuses to let that hatred stay within him? and is determined to love that person, the hatred's gone. Because hatred cannot abide in the heart of a person who loves that person that he's been tempted to hate. I want us to look at this in our closing lesson in this particular study. But let's look a little bit further first about this principle. The Apostle Paul, in Romans chapter 12, 
verse 10, and also verses 17 through 21. He, specific, he specifically instructs, do not avenge yourselves, verse 19. And parallel to Jesus' instruction, Paul writes, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him a drink. Now, that's basically what Jesus said also. We read that earlier. And Paul concludes with the exhortation, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. I watched a couple one time in an airport terminal. I don't know what the problem was between them, but they were standing face to face. And that fella, I don't know if they were married or if they were boyfriend and girlfriend or whatever it was, looked like they might have been married. He was chewing her out. You could see by his body language and the expressions on his face, he was letting her have it. And I noticed that she simply stood there, absolutely quiet, looking him directly in the eyes all the time he was saying all of the things in anger, is what it really appeared to be, toward her. And then, after a few moments, when she let him have his say, basically, I was so impressed, she took one step forward, never taking her eyes off of his, and calmly started talking to him, responding to what he had said, responding to his anger. You see, it's hard to maintain anger against somebody who will not respond in anger back toward you. How do you counteract Hatred in your own heart? Love is the antidote. Hatred is the poison. Now, I want to talk about this as to how to implement that kind of love that will dispel and remove hatred from your heart. Do you hate somebody? You'll want to listen next time. Let's pray. Father, help us to love. Help us to love the person we are tempted to hate. Help us to not fall into that trap of becoming a hater. Help us to be the example of your love for us as the way, in the way that we demonstrate love to others. Please forgive us, gracious Father, and we pray in Jesus' name, amen.